Welcome to the Burrito Kind of Guy podcast, episode number six. Uh, this week, my guests are Molly Rhythm. Um, I first I asked Nikki from Molly Rhythm, um, Nikki Nailbaum. I asked her like, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna be a part of this podcast?" And I was gonna ask Alyssa, which also sings in Molly Rhythm. I was gonna ask her later on. But uh, Nikki sent me a message earlier and she was like, hey, is it cool if Elisa's here with me? And I was like, sure, why not? And when we arrived in the meeting, the Zoom meeting where I record this, um, uh, I realized that they were at the beach. So yeah, the, the sound might not be ideal, but uh, it was a fun conversation. And uh, so you're going to hear us talk about Molly Rhythm. We're going to talk about Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, we're talking about the beach that they're at right now. They're actually showing me the view that they have on, on Philadelphia. But you don't have this view because you're just listening right now. Um, so yeah, that was a fun conversation. This week I don't have any sponsors. So if you want to be one of my sponsors, let me know. Um, but uh, I don't know what to tell you. You should, you should go and check out Lost Love's new singles. We have a new... Prob- maybe... We have, do we have a new single? No, we don't have a new single. Uh, we will have a new single in a couple of weeks. So check that out, maybe. Maybe. And in like two months, we have a new record. So check it out. It's great. It's called Empathy. Let's go to the conversation with Nikki and Alyssa of Molly Rhythm. All right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Cool. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you both. Yeah, yeah we're having a good time. Awesome. Where are you right now? Well, Alyssa's baby uh, is with her father. So I kidnapped Alyssa. Awesome. <laughs> yes. It's nice to be kidnapped. Yeah. Yes. It's nice to kidnap. Yeah, it's a nice kidnapping. It looks like a... It almost looks like a picnic kidnapping. Yeah, we have water. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We're drinking water. Oh, do you want to? Do you want to see Philadelphia? Oh yeah. Can you see it? Oh uh, yeah! Wow. Bridge, and then there's Philly over there. Yep. Cool. <laughs> where are you where are what is, what is this place it looks great it's a little nature preserve called palmyra cove it's in jersey so we had to come back over here cool and and nikki are you still in trenton uh i am living there still yeah cool the, are uh, you st- the bar is like um going a little bit we're, we're gonna lose it soon but we don't oh. know how oh really yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think I've read about this. That really sucks. Yeah. So you know, we're just taking it day by day, but it is like really, um, it's just a lot. So. Yeah. You know, maybe it's time, but whatever we do next, it, it won't be too far away, and it'll be okay. What What happened there? Um. So, one of the things is that. It's just retaliation from the police. Like, they don't like us. And they 
got really violent one night and then the next day they came back and they got our camera footage and then they were like oh uh you served somebody 12 seconds after two and um things like that uh and they're blaming everything on us they say we're, we cause a disturbance um and it they're like look at this footage this guy has um he's got a bottle outside and like i'm just looking at the footage and it's just like everybody's hanging out and hugging each other like it's fine it's like nothing's yeah. violent like it wasn't violent until the cops came up and start like you know Fuck, so they're, they're so they're closing the the bar or they uh went behind they went to our owners and they made them sign a contract behind our backs uh saying they have to sell the their unfit business owners and they have to sell it by february and they wow. are unfit but not for those reasons <laughs> They totally are. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But somebody else is going to buy that bar, I guess. Yeah. And like maybe they want to keep us on or maybe they don't, but either way, um we'd have to move anyway because the upstairs is like illegal. So, uh why yeah. why why was it illegal? Uh there's no I don't know if they they probably have it in Canada certificate of occupancy. Uh, okay. you have to like get it inspected all the, you know, like once a year, maybe to make sure it's like, so it's more of a business place. Like it could be a business place, but not a place where people could live. Is that it? Um, yes, that yes, basically. Yeah. Huh. So I don't know, maybe there's a way to get around that there, but there, there are roof leaks and our, uh, like Griffin's roof leaks and like the, they they could have fixed it and they didn't so oh, yeah so you well, know i'm sure you're going to be off to a better place yeah i yeah i have a cool place to go that's not far but it's in a town that is not cool so uh we'll see when we bring you guys back there how cool nice <laughs> It is, so, but the cops are so bad. So yeah. Ugh. So um, usually in this podcast, now that it's the two of you, but I I have a hard time. Like I don't think I'm gonna hear Alyssa very well if she speaks. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll I can. How about now? <laughs> now? Okay, now that works. Uh, where are you? Like, because I know you're from Trenton, but like, where were you both born? I was born in Trenton, uh, oh, really? but then I moved to Lawrenceville, which is next to Trenton. Um, but then, uh, uh, yeah, and then I met Alyssa when we were in high school. Wow. She came to Lawrence, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was born in Tennessee, actually. Yeah, down well, did south. You, did you grow up in Tennessee? Kind of all over, yeah. Um, Michigan, New York. I was a preacher's kid, so my dad like was an evangelist, so we like were all over, kind of. Wow. Yeah. How was how yeah. was it like to grow up in an evangelist household? Like, was it weird or? 
yeah kind of weird i was also homeschooled so like yeah <laughs> so yeah they, i didn't really know that it was weird you know it was just all i knew but it was it wasn't bad like they did it out of love you know so it definitely yeah. you know was kind of a shock for them when i grew up and like moved out and did my own thing you know but they're both really cool now i did like shrooms with my dad uh, like a couple of years ago and it was one of the highlights of my life <laughs> wow must have been that's crazy uh, so so uh nikki you were you you spend your childhood and your teenage years in trenton uh yeah um so i we lived in lawrence that's right next to trenton and then when i uh my parents had a, a bar in trenton um growing up so we would always be in and out of there um and uh then when i was like it, it closed down in like 96 um and i was like in third grade uh or something like that but uh then um when we were like teenagers in high school uh we started to book shows in trenton um and like go to shows in trenton we would go to shows all over like north jersey there was some cool places that had cool shows um uh by the beach sometimes um but um but it, Trenton was just so close, so we just kept booking shows there and going to shows there. And so, um, so Did you say you were 16 when you started booking shows? Maybe 14 or 15 or 16, wow. yeah. Was it, was it in like all, all ages places? Like? Yeah, there was a church that we used to go to called Trinity Cathedral. And like our friends from back then were horrible people. Um, like horrible, like we were just talking about this before, like everyone would be fighting all the time and like being horrible. Um, and it was very normalized to us. And we're like, that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's not right. To be violent for no reason. You're a little shithead. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have this weird question because I know Trenton, uh, to me, like the first time that I went to Trenton, it felt it felt like a rough place to me as like a person from not from there. And I was wondering if when you grew up, like were you did you see this as a did you see Trenton and like the area as a rough place to grow up? Or were you like it's home? It's it's everything is like, quote unquote, normal. I, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, especially like, cause there's like, you know, so much racism in the world and whatever, but like, so white people, you know, would be safe in the suburbs and then be, they'd be, you know, even like basically everybody who works at Champs is like, you know, whatever color they are, all of our families hate us working there. Um, even if we're from there or not, uh, shit gets wild. Um, uh, shit gets wild, you know, it's, there's been you know, violence or whatever, but that just, you know, yeah, like, like, especially like Italian families, they're like, oh, that's scary there. And, you know, especially when you're not scared of anything, you're like, ah, everything's fine. Um, but now as like a 34 year old, I'm like, um, you know, I, I don't want to go anywhere alone uh, anymore. Like, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen, but that just comes with like the the years of oppression and shittiness and and uh, that like you know people had to go through and uh, you know society is just collapsing in certain places first 
um, and uh, you know, and then people make the best of what you know of what's going on there. So yeah. you know, it's really to blame on the state. Yeah. Do you? So you were very young when you started booking shows, but did you, do you remember the first show that you went to? Hmm. Like in Trinidad, like local show, or are you talking yeah. like show ever, first local show? I think, yeah, Trinity Cathedral probably um, was probably like local to my, I think your band, Budway, played like for me, one of, uh, yeah. one of the first shows. Yeah, I went to get a ska band. You had, a, you had a ska band? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. Around high school, it was, like, pretty normal. Like, we would be booking and going to shows all the time. But um, I guess, like, when I was, when I was like, 12 years old, like, my parents had a punk club. Um, and it was called City Gardens. And um, there was a band that played there called The Frigs. And uh, they were just sound checking. Like, I didn't even go to the show. I just, like, was there during the sound check. And um, I watched them play a few songs. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the coolest band ever. I'm, I wanted, I could do that. I want to do that. Um, awesome. But I don't know if that counts or whatever. But, uh, yeah, like, we would. How old were you? Band. I was probably 12. Wow. Nice. But my because my parents had this club. And yeah. um, I just got to be around. It was like a thousand person club. It was a huge venue. Um, uh, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it, you know, like punk bands like the Ramones and like Black Flag would play there. Um, like very normal. Yeah. Uh, wow. So that's like kind of in Green Day, like that's like kind of how I grew up, like um, seeing like this culture, like I was super into it. And then my parents are like, practice the piano. Like you need to. You need to go. You need to do that kind of stuff. And and when I, did you when did you start playing music? The both both of you. My dad plays. That's actually what he did. And being like a pastor, he was like the music guy. So I was really lucky, you know, growing up. Like as, as soon as I could reach over the top of a piano, and I was in love. That's just like what I wanted to do all the time. So. Yeah, piano and guitar when came later when I was probably like 12, started with guitar and bass and drums and nice. learned to play. Yeah, 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 actually. Um, yeah, I started with piano too. Yeah. Uh, when I was like seven, my dad got a piano and he um, uh, wanted to teach me it. And I, I think I cried. Uh, and then he, then, then they got me a, like, they got me lessons. <laughs> Uh, he got frustrated with me um but then yeah yeah I, I picked up maybe guitar when I was around 12 um my dad bought me a guitar uh and me and my friend Amy and Sammy uh I went and hung out with them at their church and I would like play guitar with them uh and then we just kind of formed a little band uh and we were just trying we just we tried and it was fun <laughs> what was the name of your first band Mm, I don't know if that had a name. I don't think we named it. Uh, what, my what, first like, real band was Hoodwink, I think. What yeah. was it called? Hoodwink. Hoodwink. It's like um, the, the deception, like, ah, oh, they hoodwinked us. They they deceived us or whatever. Uh, and then, yeah. Yeah, basically, that was, that was my first band. Yeah, what was your first band? My first band was called Exit Ophelia. And I basically, I, wrote, I wanted to play so bad. <laughs> 
it's like a Shakespeare reference about a character that kills herself. She like drowns herself. And I thought that was really deep. And like, I was probably 13 or 14. And I, I roped my sister and her best friend into, I'm like, you're in the band. And because we listened to all this like terrible, like pop punk at that age. Like we were really into like MXPX and Blink-182. And we're like, we're going to be in a band like that. And it was fun. It was really fun. But they didn't really want to do it. They wanted to do it to get boys. And like, I was like, kind of the... <laughs> Uh, like taskmaster i'm like we're doing it we're like we're playing the music and they didn't want to practice ever and so we I'm, played one show and they quit <laughs> they're like this I'm, isn't any fun that's <laughs> a great name though <laughs> i'm so glad to hear this story because usually i hear the story from men who when they were boys and they started playing in the punk rock band like mxpx or blink 182 they were like yeah and they they have this desire to like hook up with girls and, and but i never heard the other like the other way oh, around and uh i'm glad to hear that it was something personally i've never played music well like, even when i was 12 i didn't i never looked at music as like yeah i'm gonna get girls I never, <laughs> to, me, to me it was never an equation that that even worked it was just like two separate things there's like girls there's music there's video games and it to me was not like there was nothing related in there um do you remember the first time that you played uh a show and where where it was we only played that one show i'd grown up like singing in church so that was always a thing but it was like a You're singing for God to bring glory to God. So don't bring any attention to yourself. You just like stand respectfully with the microphone and you sing the song. And then I was like, oh, like punk rock, you know, like, and like hardcore, like, it's like, oh, you just wild out. It's for fun. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, do what you want. And I, I loved that. I fell in love with that. But yeah, our first Exodophilia, we played at my dad's church. He let us like throw a show and we played with some other local bands that were like way cooler than us. And we were just like in awe of these like other bands, like, oh shit, like, this is so cool. And but then they quit on me, and yes, but it's always on show. I was like, no, but then we, yeah, but then we had a game, so it was okay. Yeah, what, 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 what about you, Nikki? I uh, so there was a club in Trenton before everything called the Conduit, and we had a battle of the bands there for school. And I played in two of the bands. I, I played in two of the bands that played. I played in um, Hoodwink, the like clean cut ska band, and then I played in Tonight or Avena, which was this like stoner band that I they like they saw like these guys that I'm friends with. They saw me playing in a string quartet after school, like in the hallway. I played the cello, and they're like, "Do you want to play bass for a band?" And I was like yeah okay uh and like I didn't know them at all and then um and then we started hanging out and like uh so anyway long story short um we both played this fucking show back to back I played on stage like first with Hoodwink then with Tonight Ravenna and Hoodwink actually won the Battle of the Bands and Tonight Ravenna was disqualified for throwing cigarettes and guitars and shit um so that was that was fun but also Lori had performed at that same battle of the bands in a acapella group that did a no doubt song wow acapella no doubt song yeah 
<laughs> oh, I want to see this so badly now. <laughs> it was like a whole chorus. It was like a whole chorus, and they were singing all the different instruments. And um, were they good? Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. There was, awesome. a bunch of, there was a bunch of cool bands there. Um, and it's you know what? I'm just putting this together now. There was a band that I forget what they were called, but. Okay, so we have a friend, Leah, and she used to date this guy, Sean. I think his name was Sean, and he was in this band, and he was a few years older than me, and he um, was apparently going, like, I didn't even know this guy, and he was, like, going around the school uh, saying that me and my best friend were lesbians, which is totally, like, fine, but, like, also, like, like we didn't know this guy, and, like, to this day, I'm always beefing with just one to five guys in the music scene. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, so how long did you play with that Scobin? Um, Probably like two or three years. And what, we what, kind of, what kind of ska was it? Like, was it like punk ska or only ska? Um, it was like punk ska, but it was, like, you know, I was pretty new at songwriting and, and we had some pretty good people in the band too. It was almost klezmerish. Okay. It was like, it had like a real, almost jazzy sometimes, but we were like, we hadn't really refined our sound, you know, but we were just musicians of the music department in school, just getting together. Like I, I was in the, I was in like orchestra and band. So I'd always like find people uh who played horns i was also marching band captain so like uh Ooh. i uh yeah like we got weird silly motherfuckers everybody's silly as shit and like those are the people to form a ska band with like hands down the marching band people are they're fucking ready nice uh when did you start molly rhythm um so we had another band first uh, we had this other band called Karma Bat, and um, it was like uh, me and Alyssa. Karma, sorry, Karma Bat. Karma Bat, yeah, it's dumb. Uh, I love but, it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was like a creepy circus kind of music, very creepy, and um, like theatrical creepy circus. But but we were like, um, you know, we just weren't as tight. I mean, we were tight sometimes. I think we were pretty good. Um, but that went on for like maybe six years. And then Molly Rhythm started right after that that broke up. Uh, we were just like, oh, well, we know we want to do something similar, but we want to like, you know, go really far. Uh, or we want to like take it like seriously and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Which like, Car Carvet was super cool. We had a keyboard and did like, you know, it was it was really fun. We, we ended up playing in all the wrong places though. Um, but uh, Molly Rhythm, we, we uh, used our chips a little bit w wiser. Um, and Molly Rhythm, maybe we, I guess uh, our last show was like uh, two years ago, I think. Um, but it was, the band was like nine years old. Wow, okay. So that's all I know. 2010? Okay. Did we get somewhere around 2010? Yeah. yeah, probably around there. Yeah. Yeah. So Molly Rhythm is not a thing anymore, right? We're talking about doing some stuff. Yeah, we're, we got some ideas that maybe. Yeah. We're going to 
see if the other members of the band want to want to think it's cool. I, yeah. Why why did you stop if it's not uh, too indiscreet? There was a lot of shit going on. Um, one thing was that there was a shitty dude, and oh. this shitty dude was really shitty to some people, and uh, not. Not everyone could see those things, and uh, that a person was me. And I see that that dude is a shitty dude now. And uh, uh, the dude that was in the band? No, uh, an external shitty dude. Um, like scene. Yeah, scene, yeah. scene shit. Like basically, like our, like our scenes are just fucked up because there's like, it's like, it's difficult because sometimes when you're in a band as a girl, you don't see because like some dudes will re really respect you but and they won't show you that side of them but then they start to like be shitty to other girls that like don't necessarily have a platform as much huh. and like sometimes you see and like this i'm you know and I, I feel like i found a lot of this shit out really late in life like people dynamics on how like you know shit works but it's really not a cool pattern when like it's the same dudes around and like different girls like rotate in and out. And like, I've always been friends with my exes. So it's just like, I like just stuff. We don't, you know, like I'd like, I, I would like to like, you know, still go on as people like not like maybe we're, you know, we'd be friends still or whatever, but like, that's just not the, it's not able to happen with a lot of people. Um, and like, there's just weird, like, you know, there's all kinds of dynamics. Like, there's just, like, weird sexist things that happen in society. And, like, the scene is no different. Like, it's yeah, part definitely. of society. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's really uncomfortable to, to deal with because you don't, you know, you initially have to, like, just, like, burn it to the ground and start new with, like, ground rules sometimes. Because it's so hard to be like, no way! This person did that? That's so crazy. And, uh... Yeah, like, so, I mean, like, there were a lot of things going on also at the time, but, like, yeah. like for, for me, that was, like, a big one, and, um, you know, I, I don't regret anything because I feel like I'm glad that I learned uh, about some of these situations, and it's, you know, you got to fight fascism wherever it is, even if it's yeah. in somewhere uncomfortable. A big thing that it, it has occurred to me, a way to gauge that, I would say, um, would be the people that have been mistreated, um, the people that have been abused, and the relationship they have with the person who has supposedly gotten better. Because I definitely have people in my past, you know, um, that I have, like, have apologized to me. We worked through it. And I really do believe that they're better people, you know. And I've forgiven, and vice versa. I've not, you know, was, mm -hmm. you know. I'm, I'm human. I've definitely fucked up in, in my life. And I, I have always, you know, now, especially try to um, make amends, apologize. And I think, you know, with this one person in particular that we're like addressing every woman that he's ever interacted with, like, it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again. And we all are like, nope. <laughs> like, and, and I think what, um, I, that's a good way to gauge it, you know, is, is yeah. if a person has actually gotten better, are they actually trying to make amends or are they trying to? That's Yeah, that's a perfect answer. Yeah, yeah. they have a, an army of ex-girlfriends, like a whole army.
Do they have a song about their army of ex-girlfriends? Yeah, I guess like if they're sorry, are they sorry or not? You know, like we all fuck up. Everybody fucks up. And like there's even, you know, there's there's shit that you know i need to say sorry for absolutely you know like just learning and not doing it again like it's really good but also you know it, it's probably gonna come to the time where i need to like you know say sorry about some stuff too like we all do you know and that's okay because we're all people um we just like people just gotta be sorry and like it's one thing i noticed is like if the person if you say something to the person like you're like oh like i like need to talk to you about a thing like this thing is bothering me if they immediately start pointing their finger at something else and go from zero to a hundred and they're like but this thing over here that's that's now a red flag for me i i used to fall for that but like that that's starting to be a thing that i i am noticing a pattern so it's really hard to navigate and it's really situational you know it really is yeah. difficult. oh it's, it's definitely situational and it depends from a person to another and uh yeah well that was uh that was deep i i didn't think we were gonna go there but uh here we are i hope i hope someday i'll get to see molly rhythm again that's that's uh <laughs> we uh if i i think if the, if canada lets us back in we might have the right group of people in the same spot at the same time for a certain festival sometimes. So it might, it might happen. It might happen. So we'll Maybe. see if Canada lets us in next year. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that would be we'll cool. See. Do you think Canada uh, will let us in? I, well, I think they have Elisa's uh, picture uh, at the border. And it's her, and she's bleeding uh, from her uh, chin, I think. It? And uh, it's like uh, it's like American heroes, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we have to let her in." <laughs> they're like, "She fell. She's yeah. a hero. She paid her bill, so we can let her back in." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we we were actually kicking around the idea because we have two unfinished songs. And I feel like it's some unfinished business that we have to resolve. That's and that's a perfect segue to songwriting. Let's talk about songwriting. Because in Molly Rhythm, it's like you're you're what eight eight people in the band. It was eight. It was eight. Yeah. To me, it's a lot of people, and and um, your songs are to me very complex. Like if you compare a Molly Rhythm song and a Lost Love song, Lost Love is like intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, outro. But like Molly Rhythm, I feel like it's it's. How do I say this? Yeah, it's more complex. Uh, how do you go with songwriting with Molly Rhythm? Do you uh, each write a l- little bit, or do you write as a group? How do you work? Yeah, both. I think it was both. Sometimes we would come with a riff or a melody and a, a fragment of a song. Uh, sometimes it would be like um, uh, John and and Zach and Lori messing around. And I mean, uh, we can't forget Colin, our old drummer, um, because that the newest our newest album, we had recorded with Zach, but we wrote it with Colin. And Colin's a monster. And um, uh, 
uh, I think a lot of, they were, they were always like, like, I just remember that they would try to make it more complex. They'll take a riff and then they'll just chew it around for a while. And Colin was really good at like doing the, like just writing weird parts and doing fills. And Lori would always like, um, want to put it in weird times. And like with John as such a good backbone, um, he's just like such a good rhythm guitar. Like he's just so solid that, um, he's just like, you could, you, you could see the three of them working and chewing the music over really well together. Um, so I felt like, yeah, with a lot of those more complex parts, it was like, they were like, Oh, it'd be cool to do this. Or, Oh, it'd be cool to do that. And then me and Alyssa are like giggling on one side of the room and they're like really hard at work on the other side of the room. Um, so we've definitely <laughs> been <laughs> too silly <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> when it's period. And who writes the lyrics? Because uh, in Molly Rhythm, you both uh, just sing, right? You don't play instruments, neither of you, in Molly Rhythm. Sometimes, like, we have ideas. Some of the song ideas, like, one of us would get, like, um, like, aches is, like, a part and, that I wrote and talked to Andrew. Mm. And, like, Nikki would have ideas, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and we'd, like, sing it to the band. Or, we both play, so it made it easier to communicate, like, what we were doing. Mm -hmm. like oh yeah and then this you know do this but but yeah we really kind of song ideas came from everybody which is really why it's so diverse and fun yeah and and lyrically uh we would um like basically like oh uh we would be like oh i like that part of the song um and then if the other one liked it too basically we would both get a verse then and so we would both like write a part to the verse but if it's a part of the song that like really inspired Alyssa it'd be like all right she gets that part um and then like if it, it usually worked out like that like if we both liked the part we would both get a part we'd do it again yeah we like did. just do it again put a different verse on it and then I'll do the other verse or whatever um oh, but nice. then if there was another part of the song and, like it's basically like oh this inspires me I could really write something to this awesome um but if it didn't then we then we would just give it to the other one so in in your case it's uh the song comes first and then you write the lyrics uh, sometimes, sometimes we would already have something written yeah like, oh, okay, oh, okay. perfectly yeah like yeah. oh i wrote this part of a song i wrote this little like verse and riff like um i don't know about you but uh when i when i would write music like i would kind of like just like write write the melody and the lyrics first and then i would try to figure out what chords went to it um so like that so we would come to practice like okay here's my like i have this thing do you guys like it or whatever and then we'd jam on it everyone would learn it and then we would start to piece the song together with just like like a big messy quilt <laughs> The, uh, so and both of you like Nikki, you have uh, Nikki Nailbomb and the I don't remember the the rest of the band, uh, the Blob Orchestra. Yeah, the Amorphous okay. Blob Orchestra. The Amorphous yeah. Blob Orchestra and and uh, Alyssa, I know you've played the uh, solo shows before. Uh, so you have your own kind of I want to call it solo projects. Do you work when you do your songwriting for like solo stuff? Do you work differently? How how is it different? <laughs> definitely definitely different for me um so the blob is like basically we're not writing yet we're just learning um our songs so so far the blob has like maybe six or seven of my songs learned three of burns songs learned um 
uh, and we're working on different songs from, uh, oh, we're working on two songs that John wrote. And like John's taking the lead and like they're really good. Uh, and uh, we're doing one song from Party Show. We're doing a shanty. Um, so it's cool to like try to play that with drums and like a whole band or whatever. Uh, and we're doing, um, yeah, what one of our trombone player, Pilot, we're doing one of her songs because she's a singer songwriter. And um, uh, yeah, I think uh, that, that, that might be everything that we're attempting right now. Um, so it's more like a, a super group that like we just cover each other's songs and like just just to keep our chops up and like, you know, and have some fun and play some shows. Uh, and, uh, you know, COVID has been kind of a pain in the ass for that. But we did play a few bigger shows before um, before everything happened. So we got to, um, we, we got to, you know, go out there and, and uh, play around, play around a little bit, um, but yeah, uh, your solo stuff because uh, you work with you work with Agnes and sometimes right. others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing just like a lot of like collabs like lately. Um, yeah, just I have a baby now, so it's like yeah. I still get to play and like stuff. But it's like whenever I can, you know. And I'm trying to learn to tattoo. I'm doing like a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, just collaborating with other people as much as possible. I've been doing like a lot of singles, you know, like just yeah. song. We're just going to like get one done. That's all we can commit to and then see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've always had the feeling with Molly Rhythm that uh, like when, when I first saw you and when I first met you, I've always felt like there's a joy. There's like a there's something great about seeing you live and like it's a party. And when you're not on stage, there's this, uh, I don't know how to call it, but there's this feeling that you're honest people that are just here to have fun. And it's like living the, the, pre living the present moment right now, uh, which makes me wonder, have you ever thought of like Molly Rhythm or any of your musical project of like, have you ever thought of, yeah, we should, uh, I don't know, we should be bigger than this or we should do bigger stuff? Or uh, have you always been like in the moment and being like, this is fucking fun. Let's do this as much as we can. Yeah, like, of course it would be cool. It would be cool to like, you know, play bigger places and stuff, of course, always. But like, we actually all hung out like last night and we really do just like love each other like as friends like and it's really yeah I think I think that was like a really complimentary and like kind of I'd like to think accurate like uh take on on the band like we really do just like love each other and have fun and like we like each other's jokes and like we like to play pranks and yeah I think I lost a little bit of that and I think that's kind of why it was the other big reason the band ended was I I I, I lost it, you know, I, we've been doing it for so long since we were kids and I started to feel like I was more of like a salesman and disingenuous yeah. about selling, you know, my performance more than loving to sing together and to, to be together, you know, I was kind of burnt out and it's sad and like now, you know, and I think that's why I couldn't, I couldn't keep it up, but, um, but now, you know, in hindsight, you know, like we're all hanging out again and of course, and it's like, great, I, maybe just what I needed was a break, you know? Yeah, uh, and and also when when we listen to Molly Rhythm, it feels like uh, there's not a specific genre that you can like pinpoint. Like, what is Molly Rhythm? Because if somebody would tell me what is Molly Rhythm, I would be like, so uh, it's eight people. They're on a stage, and uh, it, it's a mix of all the music that's been going on for the last thirty years. 
it's like a, a mix of so many things. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering, have you ever, when you were writing songs, I guess you have no boundaries of like, oh no, we cannot do, um, we can, we cannot do this circus shit, like for this song, <laughs> like, we, or we cannot go scar with this, or like, is, is it always like, oh shit, that could be cool. Like, is it how you do it? Like, yeah. have you ever, have you have, ever had a moment where you were like, no, nah, we cannot do this in a song? Um, no, no, not, not, never, not once. Cause, Because mm. I, I like, I'm wondering if you're eight people in the band, I, is there a moment where somebody's like, I would like to put a saxophone solo in there, can I? I and you're, is there a moment like, I, that's a weird example, but like, it, it could, it could be anything. Like, it could be like a drum thing, and you're like, I don't like this drum thing. Have you ever had like arguments about this, or are you most of the time always open about everything? I think we're open. I think we're open about everything. I think the rule and the rule came from Karma Bat, or maybe most bands have it, or maybe bands don't have it. But it's like if someone comes up with an idea, you have to try it. You have to oh, at least yeah. try it, mm -hmm. you know. And if you hate it, then that's fine. But like you have to try it first. And and yeah, I, someone else actually told me that on the on, on my podcast. Like uh, yeah, you at least have to try it, and and uh, yeah. which is which is what I try to do also. But if you if one of you really don't like this idea do you sometimes like take like get rid of this idea or uh yeah i can't think of anything in particular that like we didn't like um because like you could take the same thing and you could be like oh you can make it a little louder or you can make it a little softer or, or whatever like you, you could take the same riff and make it you know from you know it could be any genre at all it could be you know jazz or it could be thrash metal like you just, it just depends on the drums really so it's kind of like you have to you definitely have to speak drum speaking yeah. drum is really important for a band you have to be like no you gotta be like gugaku gugaku or like yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah i know i know that language uh what's it what is uh, your personal favorite song by molly rhythm Hmm. Do you have one or you? It's hard. Depends on the mood. Yeah, I did really like singing the, and I mean maybe just because it's the most recent, and you like always like the new stuff, the old stuff like yep. you've been playing for so yeah. long. You know, I, I really did like the like the opening and ending tracks on our newest yes. album. Yeah. I felt like we're really fun to sing. Something about it, it, it never got old for me. I oh. fucking agree with her because. Uh, Yeah, and I really, I, I really love them. I like how they came out on the on the album. I almost even think that our album should have had like, we do have the master tracks, but like, there's more harmonies that like you can't hear on the album that are like in there, and it's like I kind of almost want to hear that more. Although I, I don't know if it's just my ears going bad or, or something, but I really like how the beginning and the end songs came out. Um, And like there were some weird space sounds in there too. I liked did that. You, and did you print records? No. Oh, okay. We didn't print records. We didn't print anything. We just have it online, which um, was a thing I was kicking around in my head. Like maybe I should just get these printed one of these days. And um, I, uh, I might, um, but you know, just like, the covid and like a lot of shit kind of mm -hmm. you know because like we're making a couple of bucks uh 
you know, at least the band was making a couple of bucks at that time. And then you can't really, it's just really difficult to, um, you know, make money as a group with no group sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. and then we played, uh, I, I booked a lot of, and of stuff and played a lot of stuff, um, uh, virtual during lockdown. And, um, it just kind of felt wrong to ask for money. Me personally, like, it's just like, I would rather just like people donate to the link for like a good cause or something, because like, I felt like I was pretty privileged there. Like, especially in the beginning of lockdown, like, um, you know, I, I just, I felt like there were other people hurting more than me. So, um, yeah, I like, if I'm performing, like I, I, if I'm performing in person, I feel a little better about that. But, uh, um, yeah, yeah. It just, there was just so many things going on that it was like really fucked up. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's asking for money is, is weird too. And I should be better at it, but I'm not. Now we're at the park where we're gonna talk about creativity. What is a creativity to you? If you had to explain what creativity is to some, like someone who's never heard a word before, mm -hmm. how would you describe it? it's like putting something into the world that wouldn't be there without you you know it's like it's like taking all of i mean ultimately i guess we're just like a sum of our influences you can't help it but i guess it's like taking that sum of feelings and experiences turning it into something you know like yeah yeah it's like brain birth yeah like manifesting imagination or things yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess like creativity doesn't necessarily need a product, but um, it could be anything like in, in being um, inventive in any way, like trying to, yeah, like whether it's music or art or something else, like just being like, you know, even fixing things with bubblegum and band-aids and stuff like you know, like, hey, this works. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, do, do you think everyone has the every human being has the potential to to be creative? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's the desire to. You know, I guess that's the biggest thing. Like, oh. just the to be a musician is just like you know, is having the the desire and the almost like the the need to create is you can't stop you know what I mean you, that, that's I, what I learned you know I was like maybe I'm over this and I'm like no here I am like I can't not you know yes yeah, so I, I really like your answer because like when um, some people just don't have any desire to be creative and they live their whole life without creating anything they have their job they go back home yeah eat sleep reset the day which makes me wonder like how how can you live like this no okay. yeah yeah how like what what are the things that push people to be creative and to have this need to create do, do, do you have any guess guesses i think people need a good example sometimes i don't know if, i don't know if that's the whole thing but like i definitely think that if you grow up like my dad played piano like I had musicians in my family. My grandpa played accordion. Like, um, it's nice to have examples like, oh, this is what people grow up and do. Um, 
And I, I feel like that was definitely a big part of it for me. Yeah. Um, how much, uh, how much space does creativity take in your, in your life right now? Big, big part of it. I think even like, you know, multitasking is kind of being creative and like, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Like how can yeah. I squeeze everything into my day? Yeah, that's, that's finding a creative way to solve like your daily problems, I guess. Yeah. I, I see that I see it the same way. Um, what do you have? A, what job do you do right now? Do you are the is the bar open? Uh, yeah, the bar is open. Um, me right now, I'm actually working in the liquor store more than the bar. I'm, I haven't been bartending. Um, I will like if you know, they can't get covered, but I kind of gave all my shifts away so that people could live, um, easier. Uh, and, uh, uh, so yeah, I've been in the store and that's been cool, but, um, I, I teach guitar now to kids oh. and adults. Um, and that's not hugely paying, but it's really fun. And it's been nice to like share guitar with people and they don't know anything about me. And like, it's kind of funny and it's fine, <laughs> but I love it. I have like 65 year olds and I have six year olds and like, oh, that's so cool. And everybody in between. Yeah. So it's cool. I have some cello players too. So it's like, you know, I, I like to talk to them about that kind of stuff. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. I would like to one day make enough money to live easier. Um, but, uh, we'll see. You know. Yeah, I mean, and Olivia does cool shit too. What, yeah, what do you do right now? Do you, how, how old is your kid? Uh, 10 months. Yeah, brand new. Okay. Brand so, new baby. So, do you work right now? I worked a lot when I was pregnant and like, you know, I, I was always kind of like dedicated my music to like debauchery and music and creativity was like always my baby, my priority. I never knew, you know, if this was a thing. I love kids, but I was never like, this is the thing I definitely want to do. But then when I was like, I'm doing this, it was like, all right, I was, I was working three jobs until I was like eight months pregnant, like stack them bills, you know? And <laughs> uh, yeah, so now I, I, I've had a dog walking company. So I've been doing that for um, a long time. So that's something I can do and bring the baby still. I kind of taking a break, but I do that. And I um, work on some Airbnbs, like, um, so, and, and like gig work. And so I do some like, um, like commission art stuff just it's really like everything you can do it's about the hustle you know what i mean yeah. um cool. all the time, studio work yeah sometimes um yeah singing. right now it's the summer and uh my job right now is i'm teaching i i, I was very lucky at the beginning of the pandemic and i got a job in a college where i teach english as a second language nice and, and uh, right now it's in the summer. And what, what Alyssa just said makes me makes me think that right now it's the summer and I don't have a job because <laughs> it's summer vacation. And I should be glad that like it's the summer and yay, it's fun. But to be honest, I'm like, it's, it's kind of, I feel like you got to stay busy in life if you want your creativity to be uh, pushed some kind of uh some kind of line because like you if you're if you do nothing all day and i'm not saying that's what i'm doing but uh, I, i've done i've done nothing all day some days yeah <laughs> and and and, and I'm, i was like yeah it's uh i feel useless and it's it's not great to 
create like to for songwriting or to have good ideas to do create stuff in general i feel like yeah, sometimes I had someone, um, a friend of ours, uh, explain, <laughs> explain to me um, being like creativity as nesting like a little bird, like uh -huh. flying over the world and picking up like little twigs and string and like uh, to build a nest. And it's like you can't build a nest out of nothing. And as an artist, you kind of have to do that. You have to like fly over and you have to, um, you know what I mean? You have to have experiences and yeah. feelings and and pick up little bits of life before you can mash it all together and get this like you know piece of yourself this like yeah. creation to put out there and it's okay to be patient with yourself and it's okay to have those experiences have those days off like go see a play switch mediums do some drawing you know um do some nothing so you answered the the mind you kind of answered my next questions uh, which is my last questions uh do you have any tips for people who want to be want to be more creative in general what would you say to people who are like i'm not creative i guess um i think that everything takes practice and like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of shit that maybe you don't like but like you'll only get better at it if you just like keep doing it um but finding that right environment and that right group of people and or whatever it is it, like it has to be that perfect primordial ooze sometimes um but uh even if you have like terrible writer's block like just like get on the horse and put out something shitty like do it shitty like It's better than not doing it sometimes if that's what you want. If you want to put stuff out, you want to do stuff, fucking do it. Because what if you it's what if you put it out and um or what if what if you want to put it out but it's never going to be perfect enough and then you die and then it never gets out at all. So, you might as well just put something shitty out. <laughs> you do it for the sake of doing it. For the love. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes like you don't even have to be good. Like it's not about that. It's about like who you know and like that's okay too it's okay to have some bad it's okay to fail sometimes like just like you know it's it putting pressure on stuff actually is probably the worst thing to do um well maybe not maybe not maybe pressure is fun to play with like oh you know we're not ready but we're gonna book a show and then yeah. by the show we'll be ready or whatever um mm -hmm. yeah i guess it's it, 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 try it all like you know be uncomfortable be comfortable see what works best for you and and let's say you do one uncomfortable show and you hate it maybe maybe do a few and maybe you'll like it after that like it's <laughs> it's like you know i don't want anyone to like hurt themselves over it or, or anything but i don't know the feelings are weird i don't know for me feelings are weird like sometimes Even if I'm like, oh, I'm feeling it, I'm not feeling it. And it's like really weird. But maybe it's, it was a good thing in, in retrospect. Uh, I don't know. I feel that way about certain things. Like I was like, oh, I hated everything. I hated myself and I hated things. And then I'm, I look back on it. I was like, it was so good. Like, what the hell? Like your idea of it will change too. And that's weird. So I don't awesome. know. What do you think? Uh, yeah. yeah, do it. Do the thing. Do the thing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, do you have any future projects? Uh, future projects 
things that people should check out? Um, I have some, I have like some Nikki nail bomb stuff that I'm working on. Um, the amorphous blob is trying to do some amorphous blob stuff. Um, and, uh, hopefully maybe we could get the gang together to work on a song. Um, you know, see what they think. Um, and yeah. And what do you, what do you got? Oh yeah. I guess I always just stop as it comes as I'm doing it. I would say just check the, you know, Alyssa Janelle Velveteen, whatever the band camp, the, I have it on all the things. I'm, I'm always like putting up singles as I write them, but I never really know. I always have like several like fishing hooks out in the world, like incomplete songs. I have uh, like a collaboration with my friend Cam. It's a John Prine song that we started that we've been sending back and forth uh, uh, like for fun. Um, but yeah, new stuff going up as it as it done. It's <laughs> and, funny. And, I, I just sorry. saw someone running in the background. And yeah. I, and, <laughs> And for half a second, it was scary because I, I, for the first half second, I was like, what the fuck? And then the, the second half, I was like, oh, it's just someone jogging. <laughs> there's, there's actually a beautiful sunset. Wow. <laughs> oh, uh, there's one more project I'm doing with um, uh, Caleb uh, and uh, Jamie. I don't think you've met Jamie yet, but Jamie's awesome. And uh, it's a... It's a band called uh, Central Jersey Safari, and it's about the local wildlife. Awesome. Can't wait to hear <laughs> this. Uh, thank you so much for participating in the Burrito Kind of Guy podcast, and uh, I, you, hope, I, ho I hope to see you soon. We hope to see you soon, and thank you so much for having us.